0: Welcome to Movies Charles Unseen, episode 60. My name is Crossman.
1: I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles.
0: And this week we watched the 1982 movie Tron. So Charles, tell us about it. Okay, so
1: the lead character is programmer Kevin Flynn. And he was ousted from his company after his code got stolen and turned into some of the most successful video games of all time. So he wants to get revenge and get proper credit for his code. so he's been trying to break into NCOM's mainframe and get the data to prove that he was the original writer of those popular video games. In trying to do so, he ends up getting sucked into the digital world called The Grid, uh. where he finds that it's been taken over by the master control program, which is like this AI that the company developed and it like grew a lust for power and took fascist control over the entire <laughs> digital realm. So he ends up teaming up with some other programs in the world to fight the master control program, and they defeat it, they blow it up, and then he gets whisked out of the program again, and he gets his proof, and he takes over the company.
2: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that's Tron. Um, It's
0: a surprisingly coherent description of the plot line. Far
2: more coherent than the actual movie. When you gloss over (laughs) some of the details, right? A lot of the details. Uh, So, Creston, you made us watch this. Uh, Why 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 did did you watch this? Why did you... uh, (laughs) Such disdain for
0: Tron. Yeah, the the plot of this movie is mostly incoherent, but I I still think it's a fun movie, and it's important as, like, the first major film to use a pretty significant amount of computer graphics. Funny, last week you ended the episode saying that, like... Not the one with all the computer graphics,
2: but it's, a, yeah, but, the, but they're, they're both the one with all the <laughs> yeah, they're, they're
0: both the ones yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoy the the design of this movie. I think they had some great designers working on this movie, and the like the the artwork in this movie, I, mm-hmm. I think, is something that viewers are really connected with. And I think that's what makes it a, a cult film. Yeah, we can start there. It's it's one of, it's a weird movie for Disney. It's a Disney produced movie. It's a very mm-hmm. strange one, and yes. V- very much like a futurist film that relies on digital artwork in more ways than one so we we have like the the work that we see the uh the characters interacting with but we also have like uh for the first time a very digitized soundtrack in a film and i think for all those reasons this movie is important i also i like the film i i enjoy it a lot yeah. i i like it's it's an absurd film, but I, <laughs> I, I still think it's an enjoyable watch. I think Jeff Ridges is he, he's a very young and in surprisingly in shape, Jeff Ridges <laughs> uh,
2: He's so young in yeah, this. But
0: I, I think you still see sort of glimmers of why he's a great actor in this film in, in small moments that yes. I'm sure he kind of snuck in there, whereas later in his career he's doing all of that. Here you see like little yeah. moments the, of, of little Jeff Bridges. The dude in his yeah, there's
2: little affectations that he does with his, like his head bobbing and his just... I think he says man at one point. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there is a lot of that. Not a lot, but some of that. I yeah,
0: guess. and he's so... Absurdly miscast, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so great because of that. Well he's yeah. like
1: the only decent actor in this movie. He's the only actor <laughs> that survived the movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I it's, mean like I looked at some of the other actors and they yeah, still had future roles. Just not yeah. in like major films, I guess, except for the guy who played Alan, who they brought back for the next Tron movie, he
2: wasn't busy. It was a nice, uh, nice little callback. <laughs> yeah. A
0: lot of them ended up being like TV actors, and are yeah. still working. Yeah. like I mean,
2: um, none of them are Jeff Bridges, right? Who's like, yeah. headlining major blockbusters and like has won awards and shit, right? Like he's a high level.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're they're just like TV actors. Yeah, like, yeah, which is fine.
2: Yeah. Um, so I've, I've Tron, I I saw Tron. I must have I saw it in college, but I like wasn't paying close attention to it. I think. Um, So I have no nostalgia for this movie, but I've heard for many years about Tron fans. I've just never met one, so it's always been like this mythical thing for me. So Crossman, are you a fan of this movie? Like, are you one of the? Are you? There are people. I'm not going to like dress up and go to a convention if that's what you're implying. Okay, that is exactly (laughs) what I meant. Um, I was waiting for your Tron outfit. No, but like, is this? You said you liked it, but are you to what degree? Because, like, I, I've never... I've always wondered about the people that are, like, into this movie. There's dozens of them. What is it? Like, what is it that that draws them to it? I, 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 I mean, as a
0: designer, like, I really yeah, okay. like this film. I like, I that. like the visuals, and I like the use of color in this film. Yeah. Uh, and, again, like, I, yeah. I acknowledge the plot's, like, totally incoherent. Uh, and utter nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: total. Uh,
0: uh, I, I, I also... I've always been interested in the ways in which like computers are depicted in movies. And this is like one of the first times that that we see that. Uh, And the sort of the digital landscape of this film is just like, well, computers are really boring and it's 1982. So only like 5% of people have probably ever seen a computer in real life. That's what I found interesting, right? Because like I wonder what the
1: computer literacy of that age was. It's probably very minimal. Yeah. Very um, minimal. 82? So they could yeah. kind of play on people's imaginations with what the computer world might look like. Yeah,
0: if if you went to college, you probably had like a mainframe on your campus if you went to a more technical school. Mm-hmm. But that would probably be your only interaction with the computer. Or if you yeah. worked at like a Fortune 500 company, they probably had like a mainframe computer. I uh, have
2: an actual program. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching this, I had to like try to forget stuff I knew about computers and I don't know that much about computers. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, oh, they're not, it's not behaving in the way you would expect, obviously, expect or no computers behave and you had to like watch around that. <laughs> I thought but, it like, worked
1: okay if you just imagine it as the computer world and like... Right.
2: Right, there's something.
1: Stuff is happening in this like fantasy digital world. Like it, it's, it, it made enough sense.
2: Yeah, well, because eventually I, I realized that they're just like treating it like a physical world, essentially. Yeah. That it's just behaving like a smaller digitized version of Earth in a lot of ways. And yeah, like, it's
0: like a fantastic journey, essentially, is, yeah, like, is how they're treating it. Like, once have, like, you, have you seen the fantastic voyage? I don't think Fantastic I Voyage, I think it is. Is that the
1: one where they, like, get really small and go into someone's body? Yeah. Oh, that movie. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck yeah, is Yeah, I've movie not called? seen that. It's a
0: fa- I think it's a Fantastic Voyage or Journey. It's <sighs> something
2: like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue and I think it's something else, but I know, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, this movie, it, like I was expecting, because you see this kind of thing all the time. Yeah, Fantastic thing, Voyage. It is, okay. From 66, right. yeah. Uh, where you have, you they conceive of the internet as a physical space, right? Like yeah. the Ready Player One thing does that, Snow Crash does that, You uh, over and over again you see this, that concept. But even this movie isn't really behaving like that, right? Because the people you see moving around the world are not other people. It's not the internet. Right. It's the actual innards of the computer. There's supposed to be programs. Right.
0: Well, it's a, It's also a pre-internet Right, exactly. Movie. So, of course, there's no internet. Because right. they have, like, intranets that they're interacting with, because right. that's what Jeff Bridges is, like, trying to hack in. Right, and that's but, what was unclear. Yeah. So I was
2: like, or not unclear, but, like, the thing, something I had to put mental energy into <laughs> was, <laughs> yeah. like, so they're, they're, they're not, there are programs, people in there are programs, not other people. They're interacting not over the internet to get to other machines. So, like, is all of this taking place inside of one I unit? Think, I think the grid yeah. is essentially the internet. Right. But no, it's, it's, not, it's an intranet. It's yeah. A, it, it's, yeah, so it's yeah. just, like, the, the machines within this building or floor or whatever. And so, like, there are a lot of assumptions that people in 1982 wouldn't have watching this movie yeah. that I had to think about when watching it um and I got there but it it took a little bit of effort to be like oh yeah that's not what's going on here
0: yeah I mean this is pre the concept of the world wide web which I think is in the late 80s William Gibson right uh no Tim Berners-Lee uh came up with the notion okay. of the yeah, world you know. wide web Gibson was another futurist yeah, um he, Neuromans- he did he did, something he, did he did neuromancer he did
2: something else but yeah neuromancer
0: yeah yeah um so I, I think like this the guy who created this is like you know kind of yeah. one of the computer visionaries and he um but I, I think it's a little limiting just to think about computers cuz the the reference here is less with computers and it's more with like arcade games which would have been very popular at the time and people would have interacted with that much more mm-hmm. and the guy uh who's the writer, director, and producer this is an of this song. Work. Yeah, this is this is a singular vision. <laughs> yeah, uh, he said he was inspired by Pong, which is fascinating because Pong is so minimal, right. and to be inspired by that and have this like very expansive mm-hmm. like universe is dude has got an imagination. Yeah, very imaginative yes, and, does. and yeah, no, kind of wacky. You like, need to get credit for that. Yeah,
2: I was reminded watching yeah. it of. Um, of a reboot, have we ever watched reboot? I have not seen that. It was this. Yeah, oh yeah, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Reboot
0: very much inspired by this film.
2: Yeah, not surprising yeah. at all. It's yeah. a. It's basically trying the TV show. It was this uh, show on Toonami. You know the people that showed Dragon Ball Z and all that. They had their own original programming. I think it was original yep. called Reboot, and it was about like these. I think they were called sprites. Like they weren't considered programs in that, but like people that live in the computer, and they would. Getting adventures and shit, <laughs> and eventually, you know, they would. It, it actually got like kind of heavy at the end of it.
0: Like it got hmm. kind of serious. It's, it's Captain Planet esque. Yes, then well, yeah.
2: the look, yeah. yeah, it certainly looks like it's it's a computer graphics, but they also look like Captain Planet characters. Um, but yeah, I watched a lot of reboot when I was like in middle school. Same, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it reminded me of that conceptually because it's about like n- the the things within the computer taking on life rather than people entering the internet and being a an avatar uh, in a digital yeah. world.
1: I kind of wonder how much inspiration the matrix took from this cuz there's a lot of similarity in the worlds between those
0: as
2: well. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah there's a huge amount of plot overlap between the two. Yeah, as much like, as you can like discern a plot from this movie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. No, I thought of that too. Like, I think that there's a lot of, I,
0: but people also find the Matrix confusing as well. Yeah, it,
2: it, yeah I mean, the Matrix it, is dealing with big weird ideas in a mo- way that this movie it really isn't. Like, it's I mean, they, it, they dumb down
1: uh, the ideas a lot to make it more accessible, and I don't think it's that.
2: I, I don't either, but you know, if you have more exposure to sci-fi and that
0: that kind yeah. of stuff, you're going to grasp it more quickly. Yeah, you're, you're going to have some shortcuts. And Will Smith famously turned down The Matrix because he true. he didn't under he said he didn't understand it. Yeah, and right. he did uh blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A legendary story. <laughs> so much for that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Keanu Reeves in that movie though. That okay. was great. Keanu's was great.
0: Yeah. Just also, like all the money he made for it went like he donated. So nice. mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Yeah.
2: Um, but I, for me, what I thought this movie drew most inspiration was uh, was from uh, Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like this is almost beat for beat, like a shitty version of Star Wars. Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, I think it would be really... He goes in the world and the
1: empire has taken over the digital world. Right.
2: Like the, the arcade looks just like Mos Eisley. The Flynn character is just like some sort of amalgamation of Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. The bad guy is just Grandma Moff Tarkin. The big bad guy is Darth Vader, right? Like he's able to control his minions using some sort of force, right? Like you eventually see Jeff Bridges like assemble a spaceship with you know some sort of energy, yeah. right? Like over and over again. There's a there's a at one point one of them says I uh, we're gonna have company or something like that. Like there's direct Star Wars references in this.
0: I, I, the the ship of like the bad guy looks right. like a Star Destroyer. Looks exactly
2: like the yeah know, the Star Wars ship. Like I think it would be a really interesting double feature to watch this and New Hope back to back. As like one just draw the clear connections between the two of them, but just as an example of like why the dramatic and character beats in New Hope work and why they just doing it all work <laughs> in Tron and like seeing what they do differently. I think that could be very
0: educational. I mean, it, this is 82, right? So yeah. they're making this in 80 and 81. I'm sure Star Wars is on everybody's it's mind because it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it just <laughs> changed filmmaking and forever. And every
2: studio on the planet is trying to find their Star Wars. Yeah. Right? And you could see, I, I have no doubt that we, we looked it up on, on IMDb beforehand. The movie that this guy made before this was called Animal Olympics, <laughs> which was an animated feature about animals in the Olympics. That guy. Came to a studio and said, "Here's the next Star Wars. Make it for me." And they said, "Yes." That's exactly. I bet that's exactly. After you got turned
0: down from four or five other studios. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He brought it. He brought this idea <laughs> around to a number of studios, and they all said, "No, you're bonkers." But I, and Disney, Disney, Disney I, bought a bid at it, and and, yeah. and
2: I bet Disney said, "This is our Star Wars. Like this could be our Star Wars. That's the potential." Yeah, and I bet his bid was pretty low after he'd been turned out, down by four or five other yeah. people.
0: Yeah, they kind of they did lowball him on the on the budget. Yeah, and it shows. Like all the budgets on screen. Okay. Uh, every, <laughs> yeah. every penny. It's interesting
1: <laughs> how poorly yeah. Tron has aged
2: compared to Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a it's and this is not a controversial opinion, it's not as good a movie as Star Wars, right? Yeah, but I
1: mean in terms of even like the visual effects and all that, maybe they were overreaching the technology that they had available Yeah. Um, Because Star Wars, obviously, they use more physical models and that kind of stuff, whereas here, it was like all computer graphics, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah, so they, I think one of the reasons the films were remarkable is that it got made at all, actually. uh, Yeah. Because they're they're doing things that no other film had done. Um, Yeah. They're, you know, there's entirely digital character in this film, that little, like, kind of pixel that pulses. Yes. yeah, and.
2: Character is generous, but yes. I mean,
0: that's the first time that's ever been shown on screen. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. That that's got to
1: uh, be what the ghosts yeah. are in Destiny, or whatever they're called. You have like a little floating. Oh yeah, that's that talks To you in Destiny. Yeah. The the game.
0: Yeah, and you have like multiple entirely digital vehicles. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you have human and d- digital graphic interaction, which one of the first times you would have seen that on film. Sure. So, the, the scene where he got yeah.
1: sucked into the machine looked really good, actually. Yeah. It was weird. I, I love that shot. Like,
2: uh, to, to me. I I laughed out loud, <laughs> like when he when he rocks back and throws his arms out. Yeah, I mean it like looks freezes. cheesy, but the, it the also way he gets
0: like, disassembled though is great. Oh yeah, I, I love that.
2: Oh, yeah. I I was it yeah. was like well done, you know, for the eighties. But I was I was laughing. I was like, oh man, this I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I mean,
1: this, he gets stuck in the funny pose and all that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I and mean, like yeah. he
2: has this goofy Jeff Bridges look on his face, uh, and I love that. he... That's kept... throughout. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and that's he just comes, his face. when he comes back, he's in the same pose. Yeah, and like no time has passed. <laughs> I guess, like that's what it feels like.
0: Everything computer moves at the speed of light. Apparently, so. yeah, you know,
1: like you know, yeah. we're five nanoseconds away from uh, that thing, right? Or whatever,
0: but that that whole moment there,
2: I, I, I found pretty amusing. Um, I did like Jeff Bridges in this movie. Like, I think that he did.
0: My yeah, my favorite moment is they're sneaking into the lab and they're walking through all these mainframes, and he does this kind of cartoonish like like sneak, yeah. like sneak like what is only <laughs> only to surprise his like female companion, right? Uh, later but it's such a jeff bridges moment where yes he's like just being really i'm goofy. gonna do it this way <laughs>
2: yeah. i was kind of like why is this in the movie it never it, really went anywhere I, I said that a lot um, but <laughs> that <laughs> was that yeah i liked that moment um, and the moment because they're they're at the beginning of the film they explain like in three scenes in a row that they don't have access to a certain thing and so like they give jeff bridges and the other two leads like this like the third scene of exposition to open this movie <laughs> and like he still manages to have some fun with it and kind of like jerk him around and just yeah. he's laughing like everybody else is just stiff of the board but he's like almost playing off of their bad acting um <laughs> and like th- that was funny even though it's just like here we're going to explain the same thing to you w- once again um so yeah he does good work with uh the minimal material <laughs> i i love
0: the way that they establish his character where he's in the a- arcade and he sets the record on the game that he designed yes. <laughs> in his arcade and
2: in the arcade he owns. Yeah, yeah. He's
0: clearly not interacting with the controls of the game yeah. and then everybody like kind of high fives him and yeah. then they all like walk away and they have this scene of the other two leads. <laughs> right, there's, there's, uh, like,
1: there's like pretty girls there to cheer him on. Yeah, yeah
2: there, there were pretty girls there and there were a surprising number of like older men in suits hanging out at this arcade. Oh, I didn't notice yeah. that actually. Which I noticed. It's I was like, what are weird. these guys doing here? Um, Um, But, yeah, because you get this shot of Jeff Bridges, like, from the perspective of the screen looking out. Yeah. And it looks like the dream sequence in Big Lebowski. Yes. (laughs) Right? Like, he's making the same face. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. I remember this. Uh, So, it's like playing the video game kind of makes you high.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the things I'm sure Disney latched onto was, like, this is the arcade moment, right? This is, like... the Whiz, which was made in the '90s, where it was like the console generation had like just kicked off, and they needed a piece of media that like reflected that. Yes, and, and Tron was just there when you know arcade. It was there for the arcade moment in 1982. Like, yeah, when that wave just like came and crashed immediately. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and yeah.
2: it posits a world where like you can, you know, defeat the bad guy and save the republic and get the girl by like being really good at video games. We're like, yeah, it was... being really good at video games is the most important thing, <laughs> and if Sounds you can, if you can do that, then you are the man. And like they're really tapping into to that kind of egoism um, that you know all sorts of nerds want to believe is true.
0: Yeah, totally. It's, yeah. it's probably the first time that we like see that on screen.
2: Yeah, well, and then it like that—that's what Ready Player One is, right? Which is yeah. coming out in a month or something like that. Yeah, who we'll gives a shit? Yeah, um, but it's it's this movie that is just like taking that idea and making it so much bigger and worse, uh, but yeah i think we can see the start of it here just the idea that your hobby is not just a hobby it's the most important thing that you can be doing um and who doesn't want to hear that right
0: yeah of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um
2: so i think this is a dumb movie right like this is sure. a, a very dumb movie but i, well, I
0: think that fr- from the story aspect i think yeah it's dramatically
2: dumb. it's dumb right I, I don't think dumb necessarily makes it bad yeah um, although i don't like this movie like i <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> like I just, am pretty down on on Tron. Um, so I, I don't know. I want to be able to unpack all the dramatic problems with it because I think there are so many of them. But I also think that, like they, could have been more. This this was very close to being a movie that said something more than just you know being good at your hobby is super important. Because I think the only, in my mind, the only dramatically functional moment in this film was. When they're on one of the computer spaceships and they're go it's like towards the end of the movie and they're going towards
0: That laser sailboat that they're yeah, on. For solar for the hell that was. Yeah. I I love that idea. I think yeah,
2: it's it's so bizarre. <laughs> it and
0: the, the, I forget the designer's name, but this guy who's like an industrial designer designed all the vehicles okay. for this movie. Yeah, they
2: are wild. They're wild. Yeah. Yeah. Especially that thing. Yeah,
0: I think that's the best thing in the movie. Actually. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: But the, but the most interesting part like dramatically and, and thematically for me was that like the users like which is just people using computers are treated as religion and you have this moment where Jeff Bridges reveals to his anonymous friends that he is a user right and they're like oh so you must have a plan. Right. Like you must know what's supposed to do. Oh, yeah, you must yeah. have something that you're gonna be doing here. Yeah. And he's like, No, I don't. I'm just I'm just making shit up. And like that's an interesting idea. Yeah, right? I think
1: the programs say like we're just programs, we just do what we think right. we're meant to do. Right. And then Jeff Bridges is like, actually, I'm a user but I kinda just do that too.
2: Right. And like there are so many interesting directions to go with that idea. Right. Like you can make it about religion, which <laughs> I think is the most obvious. But you could also make it about family, right? And this idea that, like, you eventually every child realizes that their parent was making it up because eventually you're as old as your your parents and realize that you're also still just making it up yeah. as you go along. And it never does that. And it was it was right there, right? Like they had they, the yeah. same
0: with like notions of work because right. when one of the other two main characters, the guy. You you first see him in this cubicle farm and it extends it's so big far off into the distance. <laughs> like, they, yeah, that
2: was a cool shot. They, they
0: use a map painting to extend it into yeah. this like infinite yeah. cubicle <laughs> space. Yeah. And I, I think that would drive home pretty hard in the 80s because it's yep. like the beginning of this sort of like cubicle culture. Yeah. And you know, there's sort of very depressing moment where you just like look off into the distance and you can just imagine, you know, a million copies of this one guy doing the same thing at over, the time.
2: And eventually I'll yeah. be in that cubicle over there. Yeah, <laughs> right?
0: yeah. And so, so the movie like has these ideas but doesn't do much with them. Right. I, I think that's the Which is, is issue that you're pointing to. Y- right? Yeah, because
2: it, yeah. it feels like a shame because yeah. they are innovative with their images yeah. and the concept of it. Like that is yeah. worthwhile. But if that, that alone doesn't a good movie make. Yeah, it just evolves
1: into beat the big
2: bad guy. Right. And I, I feel like they could have drawn out so much more from what they're presenting here, but they just weren't at all interested in, in the thematics of what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, the other things that they draw on are like, there's sort of like a, uh, I mean, there there is like a fascist like military dictatorship that's being run by this artificial intelligence. Right. And like, it, again, doesn't do anything with that. Yeah, I mean, um, and
2: that's one of the yeah. other like plotting level problems with this yeah. movie is that we learn, the audience learns, that this master control computer is going to, like, have the Pentagon and the Kremlin and sell secrets all over, and that's yeah. a bad thing. And But it's never clear that our heroes ever learned that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, like, all the... Like, so the stakes for them are get credit for this guy's video game <laughs> and like so i'm yeah. i'm watching this and i'm like i don't give a shit if this guy gets credit for his video game like I, who cares so like the i, I realized that defeating this thing is apparently important because of government secrets but i'm gonna on the take other, over the world right or something but it's never communicated that that's what our heroes are fighting for so the whole time i'm like Okay, like when is this gonna be ratcheted up to anything meaningful and it, it's not like <laughs> that that never happens um, so I, I don't know I could go on and on, but I had numerous dramatic problems here so
0: I, I think part of, so th- this guy got financing from Disney and yeah. apparently when he tried to pull in some of the Disney animators uh-huh. the animators were at the time like a very core group that were very loyal to uh, Walt himself, and then um, the company. And when they were sort of approached around this for this project, apparently they were like, "No, we don't. We don't know what you're doing here." <laughs> this, the guy was very much like an outsider, even though Disney was like financing the film, so he didn't have access to like all of the Disney resources other okay. than just their money. Right. Um, and Disney at the time wasn't prepared to really to support a film like this, so they ended up. Um, the animation for this film ended up being done by three different animation studios to get them done. Oh, wow. and so part of the like the incoherence of the film is that a third of the animation was done in one animation studio and then same for the second third and same for the third. And just because <clears throat> nobody had the technology at the time to generate enough images to pull together for a film, a feature-like right. film. they so just been never time been done to render before. Them all, right? Yeah, That's exactly. True. And so they needed um, three essentially supercomputers to render all the images yeah. needed to like generate enough images to form a feature-length film. Wow. And so that's part of the incoherence of the film because there wasn't great coordination between these three animation computer or imaging studios mm-hmm. that were being utilized at Do you the think time. they
1: just had to piece together what they had into what yeah. they could make of a movie? Yeah,
0: apparently what they did was they said, okay, you know, scenes one through seven are done by this studio scenes eight through (laughs) 16 are done by this one and then the other scenes are done by this one and only one of them was capable of rendering like a certain type of image and so all the hard stuff like went to that one and the other two were done by these other two studios huh and uh so that's why like you get like mismatches and like colors between some scenes and the rendering of the shapes and objects in the film looks different from scene to scene and and this is why this i'm sure is, if like, i noticed that well good well <laughs> yeah. that means it worked yeah
2: yeah um yeah i think this um, movie needed a Martha lucas right like they needed someone to do some heavy editing
0: well they um, needed a better writer this guy yeah, was like clearly yeah. like not a writer, right? Yeah. Like he he has this like fantastic idea of like this sort of world, but there's there's nothing like underlying to like really pull yeah. it together. Or a dramatic yeah, thing which to pull it sounds
2: together. a lot like George Lucas, right? He was a guy that had a really big idea about a cool world about like space wizards and shit. Yeah. And but he had people around him like his wife to help. Yeah. Put it together into and something. Carrie Fisher and, and, and yeah, this name them right. Like yeah. there's so many that we're able to craft this into something. You know, coherent. he had the good fortune of like meeting Hansel or meet, Han Solo, <laughs> meeting Hansel, meeting Harris Ford, right? And like, it, he happened upon you know good actors. There were more than one good actor.
0: Yeah, and it's too old. bad. You think Disney would have given them at least like a writer or something? Uh, but I, I think Disney was a little <laughs> cautious about this project to its, you know, its detriment. Yeah. Um, one thing that they did do, I I think one thing that's great about Disney and it, it's always been this way is that Disney's like always been on the cutting edge of animation mm-hmm. and So even looking back to their first so you know, they're the first studio to cut together a feature-length animated film um, They're the first studio to develop technologies where you can show things at, at very different distances Like D- Disney developed the animation technology okay. to do that. So they're, they're always on the cutting edge. And I think they they just uh Done Black Hole, which is another live-action animated film that used a decent amount of computer-generated imagery. I that another. was that was an even bigger flop than this film. <laughs> and then and then they dove into this. Um,
2: so they're ready to hedge their bets.
0: Yeah, totally. Okay. I, I think Disney, you know, is willing to kind of like throw money out there just to experiment with things. And you know, and this you can draw a very direct line from this film to Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like the people who worked on this film and you know people who saw this film were inspired and and made Mm -hmm. toy story Mm -hmm. and so you know this film might not have paid off immediately when they made it it did make a a small gross um, but was not like it wasn't like a disney smash like blockbuster yeah but pays off in the long run for disney and now they then, now they own Pixar, and they are the yeah. premiere. Now they computer. own Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can, well, the yeah. thing
2: they were trying to knock. Yeah, out. but
0: Pixar, their original, they're, you know, right. you know, this is like a yeah. uh, this is a down payment on Pixar. Yeah. That's well, and really, it probably almost. has paid for
2: it. Yeah. probably paid for itself several times over at this point. Yeah, and the the sequel
0: was was very successful was too. It? Yeah.
2: I heard it was real bad. I didn't watch it. It wasn't great, but it
1: was visually very impressive, and it had one it's of the a best, lot like this one. It had one of the best movie okay. yeah. soundtracks ever.
0: All right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay. Um, and the soundtrack of this film was also very influential. Um, mm-hmm. The there was a uh, woman who's a sound artist who made about half of it, mm-hmm. uh, and was again like very experimental at the time. That they just like never had a movie with like a synthesizer based soundtrack, and Interesting. Like, you know, ha- about half of the the soundtrack of this film was synthesizer based. Mm-hmm. Disney right. didn't trust her. They uh, the, they when they saw that she was behind, they threw a bunch of stuff to London Philharmonic and had them record. Okay, because uh, I did hear songs. some
2: strings in here, and yeah. I was like, "That's not like everything." else. Yeah, they me. were they yeah. were
0: just they got concerned that she wasn't going to finish the soundtrack on time, so they threw it all to the London Philharmonic to finish. That's funny. And so it's this weird mix of like this one woman <laughs> yeah. working on like a Moog synthesizer, <laughs> and the rest done by the, Lon- the London Philharmonic. <laughs> yeah, I was a little wondering yeah. about that. Okay, yeah. that's funny. Yeah.
2: Wow. I mean, and that's again interesting because. George Lucas like specifically avoided that kind of electronic sound, right? Like he wanted to be very clear that he was using an orchestra and that he For was, the soundtrack. Yeah, for the soundtrack. He
0: also worked with a digital <laughs> sound artist though to create all the little sound effects for... Right, so, but like, not R2 for the D2 music. And, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Like he, he wanted the music to be this big, grand, you know, orchestral arrangement as opposed to... The beeps and boops and electronic things. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think this movie, I think the original in time was just like every, you know, this is digital universe. Right, so everything want. digital. Everything yeah. digital yeah. Is, is like the original idea. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, so to that point, I yeah. thought it was hilarious that the the end of the movie, he gets out of the computer world and he gets the evidence that he needs to show that he's the guy that made all these video games and the evidence is just like a printout. It's just like a sheet of paper that says this guy did it. (laughs) It's like, really? Like, that's that's the proof you needed? (laughs) Like, you could have fucking typed that on any computer and just printed it out. this is from the official source. But there's nothing, like, you see the whole thing and you get like a good look at it and it's just like seven or eight lines of text. And I was like, all right. And then the very end of the movie, it turns out that he turns over that evidence, and now he's in charge of the company, and he gets Good. the helicopter. Like that's his reward. And it's like, of course, of course, that's how this just, movie everything ends. works out. That's yeah, how, that's how a happy
1: ending goes. Like right?
2: that. The movie that, ends yeah.
0: very abruptly
2: and very strangely. Right? Yeah. Like he he shows up on this helicopter. I guess you're supposed to learn from that that he is the king of computers now, and well, he owns Zencom. He owns. He's like put in place of. Right. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. And um, I, I found that very uh, amusing. That, that made me laugh.
0: The, the movie, the general structure is also very much stolen from iRobot. There,
2: um, there were iRobot parallels. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole concept of the master computer that's going to orchestrate how that's the world from I runs. That's yeah, yeah, that's how iRobot ends. It turns out the computer wins. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> is that what uh, happened in the Will Smith movie. That is not what happened in the Will Smith movie. Yeah, uh, but that is what happened in the books. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, it's. I mean, if you're writing a sci-fi thing about computers and AI and stuff, it's hard not to be inspired. At least yeah, I'm looking at
0: when I Robot was written. It's got to be in the 70s. Well
2: before this was mm. released, I'm sure. Oh,
0: I don't care about the film adaptation.
2: So, yeah, with Will Smith because I didn't. I didn't see it, but it had a. A, a tenuous connection to the books, right?
0: 1950.
2: Yeah, I, I haven't so read I the books, like so I don't early. know. It was
1: just like one of those kind of fun, mindless action
2: movies. Right, you, the books were good. You should read them. I it's should. A, it's a quick read. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to not be inspired by
0: that. But I say again, yeah.
2: Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are iRobot I parallels. There are Star Wars parallels. There are Pong parallels, apparently.
0: Um, I mean all sorts of arcade games are in this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: The, the movie kind of becomes
1: Gladiator for a little while when they're forced to do all these like life or death games, which I thought was fun.
2: Yeah, it was fun, but there was a that was another dramatic problem I had with this movie, right? So they have like they have the Ram character, right? Mm-hmm. The guy that he meets in the jail. And like one of the few emotionally resonant moments in the movie for me at least is that this guy explains like why he's there and that he had this job as the actuarial program, but he liked it because he was able to like help people plan for things and he got a reward from that, right? And then you find out that he's gonna, that the Jeff Bridges character is gonna have to go and fight to the death in the arena against some other program, right? Like they're going to pit him up against another prisoner. And I was like, oh, okay, so they're going to make him fight the guy that he was just talking to, and it's going to be, like, this emotional moment because he doesn't really want to kill him off, but he has to, to do this thing. Okay, I get it. But no, it's just some it's random, of, random other dude that's well, kind of a I wanted to
1: be a character, right? But, yeah, but, okay. I like having Ram along for the adventure.
2: Right, and that's what I thought. I was like, okay, so this is going to be a bigger character, and they're going to develop something with him, and they'll, like, have a relationship, and he'll, like, there'll be a meaning to this. But no, they just kill him off halfway through the movie in, like, yeah. the least dramatic way possible. Mm-hmm. And, like, and that's I, all they do is, I was like, why would you waste? You have, like, this plum opportunity to, like, do something interesting and have some emotional stakes, and instead, like, you just kill off this guy that you put some work into with it for no meaning at, at a moment that makes no sense. And then nobody talks about him or gives a shit about him again.
1: Well, I mean, I, one thing I thought was funny was they... He like reunites with Tron yeah, later no, that's on. Right. And Tron's like, "What happened to Ram?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, Ram died." And they have like kind of a moment of silence. Yep. Yeah. And, like, and okay, it's such to... a missed opportunity because they <laughs> yeah. should have said like, "Oh, you know, we'll honor his memory."
2: Yeah. Anything, right? Like they don't even get a joke out of it. <laughs> it's this. Just...
1: I was waiting for that. And they didn't. They didn't do it. Yeah.
2: I, I don't think people would have understood what Ram was back then. Right. They thought he probably was named after a goat. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I thought that like. That, once again, is here it's this movie that is, you know, they have an opportunity to do something and they just whiff on it, <laughs> like, so hard in a very obvious way.
1: I mean, I thought the idea was to build tension because their journey is getting more difficult, so they kill off one of the main characters that's one of those things.
2: Right, but... They do it, like, it'd be one thing if there was, like, a, a fight, right? And he gets he gets taken down in the fight, right? But they, well, he gets shot by one of the tanks. Right. He, he gets shot by one of the tanks, and then he kind of, like, has a chat for a while, and he lies around, and and uh, Jeff Bridges does some computer magic, and then he gets on the ship, and they have another little chat, and it's like, oh, wait, he's dead now. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, it's a weird. It's like, just, like, when this the plot started to stall out a little bit, it's like, okay, here's the time when we can kill this guy. And, like so it just meant nothing and it just carried no weight and then that he just keeps on going as though he were still there or not there because this character is meaningless i also
1: don't understand what the floating bit computer character was
2: because it was barely around like it showed up he
1: showed up for a little bit and then just like kind of went away but it led to one of the funniest moments in the movie for me when he's flying and he's like oh you know am i flying okay and the thing goes no nope.
2: yeah
0: <laughs> right so and it. I've- I think they're just like exploring the notion of like, what is it when you have like a binary character? Like, if all if all things are sort of like represented in this yeah. universe, and you right. know, w- what is a binary in this? Yeah, because the, they call them a bit.
2: Yeah. Right, which is, you know, one or zero. Um, I think the purpose of that character was to have Jeff Bridges have someone to talk to and ex- expatiate even more yeah. <laughs> in this film. Like they just needed someone from to dump information on, um, again, because now Ram is dead, so you can't talk yeah, to that's him. True. Yeah, Because uh, they killed him off for no reason.
0: So, yeah, they totally.
1: So, I guess it's another sign of lazy writing. It is, it's very
2: lazy writing.
0: Um, and I, mean, I don't think that's the reason to watch this film. No, it's, I mean yeah, it's for the writing, right age. You're right. If that's yeah. what
2: you're looking for, and it, it is what I'm usually looking for when I watch a movie, that's why I'm unsatisfied with it. Yeah. But I understand the value that it has in terms of its place within films, uh, film at uh, the technical end. Yeah, right? and that's valuable, right? That, that is a good reason to watch it. So,
1: I, yeah, um, I I I did want to say I did love the art style in this one. Yes. Um. But one thing that I found kind of strange was that it led to the movie feeling very claustrophobic because everything yes. is in this digital realm, and it didn't really display scale or distance too well so it always felt like all the environments were really small and dark and tiny and identical so so the computers
0: at the time couldn't render a far distance so one of the production notes for all the animation teams was if you can't render it then just black it out Put a wall and there. <laughs> no, you just have like a black haze. Oh, okay. Oh, and so when when things got too far, the computers wouldn't be able to render enough detail to make it like visible on screen. So they just replace it with this black haze, which I think yeah. leads to this like uh claustrophobic
1: Yeah. Well uh, thing. I mean we're used thing. to obviously seeing like blue skies and horizon and all that, yeah. right? Yeah. In the Tron world, the horizon's all black. Yeah. The yeah. distance, the sky it's so, all
0: black. So what you're seeing is the literal limitation of the animation yeah, yeah. technology. Yeah. So I mean being this is displayed was, on screen.
1: This is why I was happy they made yeah. the sequel, I guess, because yeah. it was like the modern like the full realization of what this world could have been. Yes. Yeah. And the art in the new one was is just incredible like it's so yes. stylish of a movie you get to realize the full scale of the world you see a lot of the same environments repeat themselves in that world but you can actually <clears throat> properly render them so it looks like a real world yeah um just visually that movie
2: was such a treat
0: yeah i, I think I, they, I think this one is as well but, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, they needed to do more within their confines of the technology to make these locations feel different from one another. Because mm-hmm. like it there was no sense there was very little sense of a journey. And I think that's what you're talking right. about.
1: Uh, they had and a tiny bit of that when they were on the solar sailor and you go by like these worlds with all these like circ- these balls floating around. Yeah. Yeah. You know there's some worlds with like different shaped environments, but I guess they could have done more with that and not have it just be a montage for when the sailors blowing past They also,
0: yeah. what, what I thought was interesting, so they have the light bikes, which is like a very iconic scene yeah. when they're- The uh, most famous scene. Yeah, yeah, it's, awesome. it's sort of like a snake game that yeah. they're they're yeah. playing with like very mortal yeah. results. Uh but, just to yeah.
2: interject there, there's another very clear Star Wars reference in that moment where they call out like gold leader and red leader yes. and it's like, it's the but French they, It's like, that scene is just the French one.
0: Um Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, that, the, that scene kind of ends when they, um, they break through the wall. Yeah. And it's sort of like, oh, like each of these environments, it's its own like small limited space. And then what's between them are these like weird kind of canyons that are filled with electricity, like just pure yeah. electricity that they end up drinking. I think yeah. that's such an interesting, like, Solution to like what? How do we like solve this problem of like not being able to render an entire environment? It's like oh, well, they're the kind of like these little cells, and like each game is its own like cell. Yeah, I mean, th- um, that was
2: that was the other thing I had to like think around because we understand how computers work now is that like they have this object that exists in this environment, which is the bike in the like the the bike game. Yeah. And then the bike leaves the bike game environment. Yeah. And like my instinct is, okay, it should stop working, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it that's not how it works in this world. Yeah. And I had to like it, like there was a, a moment there I was like, okay, so I'm, that's what's gonna happen here.
1: You just treat it as yeah. all as one coherent, like end right, universe. Yeah. Right, and that's what kind it of is.
0: Reference and record <laughs> Ralph, too. Uh, Record Ralph like plays with environments in a similar way. Okay, right. I haven't seen Record Ralph. That was interesting. Really? Oh, Record Ralph is delightful. It's one of my yeah. favorite animated films. Sorry, yeah. but uh, I missed it.
1: the video games can all like interact with each other. Okay, and they like go to the other arcade cabinets and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty okay, cool. and
0: they they travel in like a similar fashion. Yeah, yeah. that sounds very similar to what yeah. this is. Probably, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, they probably took some inspiration here. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, one thing, so the the use of color in this film is so iconic, and I the The use of like neon is is so interesting. The way that they filmed it, it's it's almost like a re- reverse or like evolved version of like Wizard of Oz, because the okay, film like what the film does is we have like the normal world, and then when we enter Tron, we become black and white. But there's also these like sort of like extra colors. Like the colors are so intense that they like float yeah. off the screen.
2: So like an inverted Wizard of Oz or something. Yeah, kind of,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, I, I, I love that choice that they use um, I think one yeah. of the pitches that they had for this movie was just like one of those scenes and I think that's what really like sold Disney was like look. They, they had like yeah. a few seconds of footage of like what it could be and I think that's like what got disney to like decide to go ahead with this film the colors in the black and white are actually hand-painted onto the film really yeah uh
2: that's a big job
0: it's a huge job they, oh, they <laughs> like The blue
1: and red lights on the armor They yeah, paint that in. it's
0: hand-painted yeah oh my God. it's like every single frame yeah Jesus. and it, it was it was done in uh, uh they had a studio in taiwan do this and so there are like a few hundred animators in taiwan that
2: so uh, they
0: got I it all did. done for like fifty bucks then. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> <up of> like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it was one of the first films though to credit a foreign studio. They actually really? in the or initial in the credits <clears> actually credited all the artists that worked on the <clears> film. Throat> where throat> and throat> that, throat> that now would have that had not happened in the past.
2: Yeah. Now it's uh, mandated by union contract, I'm sure. But uh yeah. yeah. That's okay, that's cool. Good for good for you, Disney.
0: Um but yeah, it, it just goes shows like the length that they went to to like Make this visual experience happen, yeah yeah. Huh.
2: yeah that that is it must have been an acting challenge right because you're you're yeah. in this this goofy suit with this goofy helmet on, right, your face is in black and white, right, like some of your features are at least stunted, right, like you can't see the sides of your face yeah. like they the actors have to be aware of that without being able to see it in an environment where they've probably never worked with a green screen or anything like that before and like still try to communicate, you know, emotion and character and like only one of them manages to do it. <laughs> but it that's, that's challenging.
0: Yeah, I don't, yeah, they're not even using a green screen. I think they're just using like a very dark studio. Right. Yeah, They're and not think, saying
2: that they're using a green screen, but that would be the analog, right? Like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. How did they like
1: take the color out of their skin then?
0: I think they just shot it in black and white, and oh. um, th- there's a term for the specific black and white that they shot this in, where it like it sort of like inverts the contrast in a hmm. in a weird way because um, it's not just grayscale. It's, it's not just grayscale. There's yeah. there's something else that's going on. I, they call it like backlit animation, and I oh. d- I don't that I don't know what that okay. means. Um, but there's some sort of specific technical process that they're using for the the grayscale here.
2: Okay. Yeah, because yeah, it, it is a look, right? Like, and you see a frame of this movie, at least if it's after the first half hour, and it's immediately recognizable. Yeah,
0: other than the direct sequel, I don't think there's anything that looks like this film. No. Like, yeah. No. And, and that's saying something in, in film.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was a bomb, so maybe they didn't want to look, look like it. It wasn't but...
0: a bomb. It made money. Did it? it? Okay. Yeah.
2: You, you were saying, like, yeah. talking about it like it was. Um, it
0: wasn't. For Disney, it was a bomb. Oh, okay. Like. That's but they're movie. expecting everything they release to be a huge, hit? a massive hit. You yeah.
2: Know? So. Was Walt Disney still alive at this time? Like The actual Walt Disney. Uh, or had he? Had... I
0: think he was still alive. I think he Did lived he live into the long? early '80s. Wow. But I could be wrong.
2: It's a, that is an old man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, it's it's funny to think about, like the guy that you know conceptualized Steamboat Willie. And... Oh no, he
0: he's been dead for 16 years. Oh, okay. Okay. I was gonna cool. say, but a hard. lot of his team that he assembled was still there and in charge of Disney.
2: Yeah, I wonder if, because you said that that was the team that didn't want to, or at least the animation team that didn't want to be involved with this. I wonder if they felt threatened, right? I wonder if they saw, yeah, I wonder if they saw a totally different style that they didn't understand or know how to replicate encroaching on the their work, their expertise, and I, I bet they're, they're, They were right. Yeah, yeah, because there's no more hand-drawn animation, really. Yeah, I mean, it
0: it speaks volumes that, uh, you know, that like an industrial designer did the artwork for this. It wasn't one of the Disney, you know, there's an insider group of animators that, you know, were very close to Disney, and none of them were involved with this film. Yeah. And a lot of them were still at, Disney right. and Could, still working. Frankly, so. what
2: well, what would they have done, right? Like, I guess they can paint the frames to get the colors on the suits and stuff. But yeah, who knows? This yeah. is this is not Snow White, right? Like there isn't yeah. you know a lush forest to draw or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there aren't any characters to animate. Um. So yeah, I, I wonder what the politics, the yeah. inner office politics were like <laughs> yeah. at that moment. Probably not great. Probably not great.
0: Uh, but you know, Disney's how they treat that. So yeah, Charles, what do you think of this film?
1: I actually, I've been a little sarcastic about it and all that, but I actually enjoyed it quite a bit because, yeah. you know, I like the visual stuff. I, I really like the style of this movie. I like the digital world that it built. Um, and, like, you know, all in all, it's a perfectly fine adventure movie. Um, so I'd say I enjoyed it.
0: No, okay, not so much, I'll say. I think I've been, uh, I
2: can only recommend this movie as a history lesson. Right, like, <laughs> As a movie, I think it's just far too dramatically dysfunctional. I, I did not like it and I don't want to watch it again. Um, so like, I, I don't want to be down and I don't want to like tell anybody else they're wrong for liking it So like, go ahead and enjoy the thing you enjoy, but uh, yeah, for me this was just a, a, a narrative train wreck, thematically devoid, no good characters, um, very few, only one good performance. I, I really can't can't recommend this one unless you want to know about the history, in which case go for it. It's relevant there.
0: Yeah, I I find this film like endlessly visually fascinating and really enjoy watching it. And yeah, yeah I'll continue to watch it regularly. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to be a downer. Yeah. Like
2: I kind of it kind of brought down the party, but um, yeah, for those, it, it is impressive uh, visually speaking, and it's a historical artifact and clearly very important because we're still talking about it um, and it's still got a sequel twenty years later. So. It's, it's I think a I might
1: movie. actually have enjoyed it more having seen the sequel and I can like backtrace all the references in the sequel to okay. this one. because uh, a lot of the stuff shows up again in the sequel. Like, the sequel's very similar to this one actually. Yeah. Like he gets sucked into the into the world, the world's been taken over by a fascist dictator, he gets forced to play in these games yep. and Sounds they revolt. Yep. Uh it's it's almost the same thing actually,
2: but <laughs> everything's been spiffed up a lot. Well, and Jeff Bridges came back so it meant something Yeah, yeah that was yeah. that
1: was weird cuz they had old and young Jeff Bridges in that one okay, but either? they were yeah. a little early on the uh young CGI yeah. there. So they still tried to overstep their bounds with technology a little bit <laughs> in that movie. So young Jeff Bridges looked a little weird uh, and very obviously cg That's funny. Um, but you know, it was all right.
0: Uh, you're right, the soundtrack of the sequel is great. I, I listen to it regularly. It's one of Daft Punk's, like greatest works. Yep, I, I, right. I
1: keep some of the songs uh, in my music library.
0: Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right, well, we'll be back in a moment for things we've seen this week and the movie for next week. Stay tuned.
0: All right, and we're back with things we've seen this week. with three of us and a few other friends we saw uh, the Annihilation, which is yeah. um, still in theaters. Hopefully, even though it bombed, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah by it by the better times time comes out. Had a rough weekend. Had a very rough week. I'm
1: pretty sad about that. Um, I'm not surprised, but I'm pretty sad about in, it. This is not an easy
2: movie to market. I don't.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean the trailers. I thought. I mean they look pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I was into it, but. I,
1: I guess we're yeah. kind of an insular crowd of people who likes this kind of movie, though, right? So, Maybe other people see the trailer and they're like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, yeah.
0: So for those not in the know, the the studio basically dumped this movie. They kept the rights to the U.S. distribution yeah. and pretty much sold everything off. Like U.S. and China, yeah. To oh, China, they kept that. Yeah, in China. And sold everything else off to Netflix, which is not a sign of strength in a film. They're hedging. There was also apparently a lot of studio notes that the director refused to take, and which is probably the reason that they just dumped it. And as such the movie bombed last weekend
2: but uh, i i think we all i thought it was excellent yeah like, yeah i think. thought uh, like, i was pretty bothered it by it um, it is improved in my memory since we, we saw it on thursday today's monday it's so improved yeah. in my as i've thought about it more yeah i thought it was really really excellent um and, and everybody should go see it yeah um and it's, it really is a shame that everybody in the uk and europe and you know anywhere that's not north america or China is not gonna see it in a theater. Because this is a
1: very theatery
2: movie. movie. It deserves to be seen on a big screen and with good sound. Yes. The sound design is so important in this movie and you're not gonna get it if you're just playing out of the speakers on your TV, yeah. um, which is a, a real shame. But this is one to be seen in theaters on the biggest screen possible yeah, definitely
1: um, some of the most interesting and excellent sound effects yes that i've seen in a movie in a while
0: yeah and, and some of the most unsettling sound effects yes so. yeah yes i yeah. think that's the one so some people are getting nightmares over this film apparently uh it's which i understand movie. like it's yeah. almost a, it's yeah
1: it's basically a horror film yes. for large segments of it yeah it,
0: so I, I watched out of the theater, theater I described this as a very good 2001 knockoff. Yeah, which I,
2: I thought was a little mean. Not mean, but I think that's selling 2001 it short. Is a very good No, movie. I know. I, I think that's selling it a little short. Well, it's like used... a
1: cross between 2001 and like...
2: Stalker. Heart of
1: Darkness. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think there's some Heart of Darkness. I haven't
1: Darkness. seen Stalker, but I hear it's very similar.
2: Yeah, I think the the first... Because uh, one of the things that impressed me most about the movie was the the... Uh, scope of its inspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I think that 2001 and stalker are the two most significant. Um, but yeah, also heart of darkness and apocalypse. Now, I think there's uh, some Im- a lot of imagery drawn from the last of us, the video game and uh, PlayStation and, um, also swamp thing. I think that Alan Moore's run on swamp thing in the eighties mm-hmm. was, is very closely connected to what's going on here. Uh, which was a, a comic book that DC released and Alan Moore that's the guy that wrote Ra- Watchmen got his big break with his run on Swamp Thing and I think that that's present in this movie um but we should talk about what it's about cuz it, it, it's hard to summarize the <laughs> are we going to put a spoiler the warning here we can't do the whole plot but I think we can set up the the premise right it's doing the whole plot like eventually you'll go mad <laughs> right <laughs> um but go ahead crossman what's the what's this movie about sure
0: so Natalie Portman is the main character. She's a scientist. Her, uh, she, she's very depressed. It turns out that her her husband had disappeared for the better part of a year. He was in the military. He suddenly reappears in her kitchen. Behaving he's, strangely. He's very ill. They get kind of kidnapped by these like government forces, and they're taken to this government facility. It turns out that there was a meteor that had struck in the Gulf. And expanding out of where the meteor struck is this this area called the shimmer and they don't know what's inside the shimmer they keep sending teams into the shimmer and they disappear and they have all these scientists on hand but no one can figure out what the shimmer is so Natalie Portman joins this all-women expedition to go into the shimmer because she wants to find out what happened to her husband they go into the shimmer and things are strange and they get stranger as they get Farther into the Shimmer. That's, that's and, actually a very good summary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah that, that, that one be um,
0: it. To me, the the most obvious reference to me beyond 2000. So visually, to me, this is 2001: Space Odyssey. They use a lot of uh, j- just the way that they set the camera and they show really large spaces. It's like very, like very clear Kubrick way of like yeah. shooting. Film. You, they use you, symmetry a lot. They use. Yeah. you you um, haven't seen Stalker though, right? I haven't seen oh, Stalker.
2: It, okay it's stalker. probably that stalker, stalker. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay
0: the to me the most real world reference here which seems fairly obvious is the um the gulf oil leak sure. that happened during the obama presidency because you know there, there's just this sort of like environmental disaster that's expanding and we just the, you know all the scientists in the world were there and they just had no idea what to do about it mm-hmm. and yeah it seemed like the that was like the direct inspiration for the events of of the plot. Well, like, and the
2: the the shimmer is called the shimmer because you have like this prismatic rainbow effect, and there's which like, looks an, like oil. and right?
0: there's an oil like yeah. sheen sort of like over everything, right. and. I have the, the fact that it's in the Gulf. You know, it, yeah, it's just water. To right me, there. there's like this direct reference. Yeah, and they're to journeying
2: that. towards water the entire movie. Like that's the destination. Yeah,
0: and the envi- and it's an environmental disaster. Like the Shimmer is an environmental disaster. It's it's recoding like how the environment works and changing yeah. the reality of environment. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, it, this was based on a book um, that's a, the first in a trilogy, uh, and apparently the narrative in the book was changed substantially. And I have not read the book, but I read the Wikipedia summary. I read the
0: synopsis too. (laughs) And (laughs) I was just like, this is a totally different document. Right.
2: But apparently I've talked to I've read a couple articles and talked to a couple people that have read the book. And one of the things that they changed a lot was that the author of the book hit those environmental themes a lot harder. Apparently that was was much more surprising. This
0: feels like a very environmentalist
2: movie re- yeah that was the complaint i heard from people that have read the book is that they yeah. wanted more of the environmental themes that they enjoyed in the in the book
0: it seems like the overriding mm-hmm. thing of the film but well, that, the, so th- the other <clears throat> thing that i've like really connected with in this film and th- this takes a little bit of explanation but so uh i was listening to like a I forget where this comes from. I, I searched everywhere for where this comes from. It's lost on a podcast somewhere. Okay. And a couple options are there's a music review podcast. <laughs> okay. It, it could have come We're from going there. deep already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: right.
0: it, it, it doesn't really matter. I just want to note that this is, like, not an original idea. But okay. I, I think it applies very directly You're, you're to credit, this, so. crediting the world. Yeah. And cre- whoever said this is very thoughtful. Yeah. Um, there's a band called TV on the Radio, and yes, there TV is. on the Radio got really popular during the George Bush, uh, George W. Bush years, uh, almost perfectly in line with the beginning and end of his presidency. They, The beginning yeah. of his presidency, they became really popular. At the end of his presidency, they just kind of fell off the map, and it became like the Obama years. And w- the person that I heard talking about TV on the radio was, the reason that happened was TV on the radio... Is the perfect band for the Bush years, and the reason that I said this was, TV on the Radio is at once like familiar, but it doesn't sound like any music that you've ever heard in your life. There's there's something like very familiar to what they do, but they take a very slight change to it, and it just becomes something completely different. And that with and the that sort of reflected the reality of the Bush years, where when suddenly Bush was president. We knew that things, like, weren't right, We knew, and mm-hmm. it, it felt like reality, but there was something slightly wrong with it, and it was really hard to put your finger on it. We knew that, you know, the, the president was a liar, and all the people that worked for the president were liars, and we knew that there was a lack of truth to reality, but reality had been lost during the Bush years. and. Then the reason that TV on the radio goes away is the Obama presidency brings this like sense of normalcy back to the world. That even even if the administration's doing horrible things, which we knew the you know that sort of continued into the Obama years, there was a sense of normalcy about Obama that he could speak competently, and we we knew that he was also lying. But you know it it there was just like a sense of normalcy brought back to the presidency, and. I think this film reflects that as well because when when they're when they're in the shimmer there's a sense that we there are things that we know that are from reality but there's something slightly they're off different. about them yeah and mm-hmm. so we've 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 entered this like new reality and we can't put our finger on what is wrong about the shimmer but we know that it's wrong we just can't say why yeah i think that's and, a really good read and, yeah. and, and and that's what i like really connected with in this film that it was like you know, the way in which we think about reality changes, and this film is a great attempt at showing that visually. Yeah. Freud talks about the, yeah. the concept of the uncanny. Yes. Yep. Yeah,
2: and I think that's what they're talking about here: is the, this idea that you, to reiterate what you were just saying, mm-hmm. that there is something, something that looks very familiar but is different in an important way, and that the uncanny, the reason that it feels odd to us is be, not because of the strangeness, mm-hmm. but because of the familiarity, right? That's what makes it unsettling. It's yeah. not because we yeah. don't recognize it, it's because we do recognize it, that it becomes so peculiar. Yes. And, and that, I think that's exactly what's happening in this movie is that the, the shimmer is, is manipulating your body Right, it's 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 changing something that it really the the most familiar thing to you, your physical person, and when that becomes slightly different, right, which I'm sure is an experience that a lot of people who have had severe illnesses or injuries have have had. Mm-hmm. When that becomes slightly different, but not that different, it must be it makes your skin crawl in a very literal and figurative way.
0: Yeah, right. The and the way that the the shimmer builds is perfect because. Things are strange at first. You yep. loo- like you lose your your memory, and then things get weirder and weirder and weirder, yep. and and that's how it builds. If you mm-hmm. saw the things at the end of the shimmer at the beginning of the film, it would just be a, a straight up horror film. But yep. that's that's not <laughs> how the film operates. It slowly introduces you to the weird things, and you see them in the background at first. Like there are all these like kind of mosses and the shimmer, and but they're but they're like technicolor right. colors. Um, and it slowly introduces them, and, and then all of a sudden, they are just the new reality where, you know, they're just walking among them completely. Yeah, like
2: like and the first monster that they encounter is an alligator, only bigger, yeah. right? this is like a big alligator.
0: Yeah, and it's white, and there's like some weird yeah. things about it. Right, but, but for it's the most part, it looks like an alligator, yeah. right?
2: That's going to eat you. Yeah. And, but the monster that they encounter towards the end of the film is... Like a bear, but it has all these really peculiar features that are immediately evident. And to say more is a, a wonderful a, creature. Design, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, the, spoil yeah. To say more would be to spoil something important in the film. Mm-hmm. But it, you're exactly right. It, it's drastically different than just an alligator that like you see at the beginning of the movie. Um, and then the very end of the movie, I think it gets. It, it, that's when it becomes most 2001 esque. Yeah. I think where they they're really that of takes off it stops being there there's no dialogue right like they stop talking and what happens becomes so extrapolated and so abstract and so removed from a conventional reality uh it and in a lot of ways it was more ambiguous than 2001, right? Like I think you can say in some relatively certain terms what happens at the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. I saw this movie once and you can pin down some certain facts, but there's a lot that are, that isn't clearly clear at all.
1: There's lots of ways you can interpret the film. Like I see people discussing like, well, I, I don't know if we're giving spoilers in, in our discussion, I guess, because it's all about the ending and how ambiguous it is. I guess I can say that much. You're right. Uh, the the ending is a lot more ambiguous in 2001, as you say, and there's people discussing, like, what actually happened. There's room for that. Yeah. Uh, and then you can kind of attribute the interpretation you want based on the sort of thematic, um, the thematic uh, lessons you take from the movie.
2: Yeah, like, I think that it, there's a reading, a compelling reading, that this is a movie about family. Mm-hmm. right uh, there several times is the who Stills a Nash song helplessly hoping is plays during this movie and if someone were to sit down and say let's make a horror sci-fi cerebral horror sci-fi movie based on this folk song <laughs> like this is what it would sound like right and I think that and that's the song about you know trying to build a family and the, the this guy missing his, his wife and his daughter and I think that that appears in this movie as well, just drawn out to this huge galactic scale. There's there so much here. There's the, so many the
0: other ways. connections for me to the Bush era was that it's there's so much stuff about PTSD yeah. in this film. Mm-hmm. And the soldiers that are coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, this is very clearly about that as right. well. Like her husband shows up <clears> and he's just this completely like shell-shocked, a different person, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and that's what one would expect for someone coming straight off the battlefield, and you just pick them up and put them back in the kitchen, and that's the experience that you would expect, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah, it's something that we haven't dealt with as a country at all, so and, and continue not to deal with, so so hence we deal with it in our media, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some right of the too. things
1: I liked about the movie was, I guess, it was it was extremely tense throughout. It was very good at building that tension. That's why I say it's like a horror film. Yeah. Um, as it's, you see things spiral hard. out of control and get more and more wrong, and you, you're always worried that something bad is about to happen. Because I mean, they're in this hostile territory where anything can happen at any time. Um, Another thing I liked was some of the bits of dialogue Mm -hmm. in there. Um, Like, they deal with some of the more scientific concepts here and there. They don't explore it as heavily as in, like, Ex Machina or Arrival. It's not really the focus of this movie. Um, But I liked the bits of dialogue that were there. Like, uh, when um, her boss was talking about how it's kind of our genetic... um, It's kind of inherent to our genes that we're self-destructive and it manifests itself in our behavior. Um, I thought that was a very poignant bit of dialogue I like the bit uh, when she's talking with her cohort and her cohorts saying that she lost her daughter to cancer and how she had to mourn twice once for her daughter and once for her old self that she'll never have again I thought that was um, a connected. very touching line
2: connects to the themes of the film right, right. Like, it's so much of just like the little moments in this movie are so thoughtfully constructed that you can you can draw them all back to what the movie's actually about because like the the first bit of dialogue that you talked about with the jennifer jason lee character she it was great who so. was phenomenal god yeah. yeah she was so good because um, she's she makes that point when she's drawing a distinction between self-destruction and suicide yeah right in that suicide it ends the self whereas self-destruction destroys the self and and can potentially leave room for a new self which again very much what's going on in this film Yep, yeah. um and yeah there's so so many. every it, it feels like every single thing is in some way thoughtfully connected to something larger that's going on in the film. There's nothing accidentally placed here. Yeah. And for a, a movie that seems so strange and ambiguous and at times random that it can do that it speaks to the the talent of Alex Gar- Garland as a as a director and writer.
0: Yeah, it's too bad Discovery. This is a great film.
2: Yeah, it really is. Um, and, and so it feels like one people will rediscover in a few years. I hope so.
1: It's something, something I'm going out and like, recommending to people to see because yeah. I want it to do well. I really like Alex Garland's work. Like I'd say yeah. Ex Machina is one of my favorite films of yep. all
2: time. It's great. Uh,
1: I, I wouldn't say I liked Annihilation as much as Ex Machina, but that's a very high mark to match. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's up there. I thought Annihilation was great.
2: Yeah, so uh, early in the year, but it's really one of my favorites of the year so far. Up, yeah. there, up there with Paddington too. I think it's the best thing I've seen <laughs> too. Yeah, um, I'm up next. Okay, uh, well, I watched another movie uh, this this week called The Oxbow Incident, which was uh, grossly underwatched. Um, it's a western that kind of plays out like a western version of of Twelve Angry Men, only much darker and more cruel. Um, and then I realized that. Charles hasn't seen 12 Angry Men. Uh, (laughs) I I thought everybody would see that movie because you watch it in school. Um, So we're going to do that one. We're going to do 12 Angry Men, the older one with Henry Fonda, not the new one with Jack Lemmon. Um, So make sure it's in black and white when you sit down and watch it. Um, But it's a a great movie that I feel like everyone has seen. Um, So
1: we we really need to fix this whole. We didn't do it at my school. I guess my school was lame. That's stunning to me
2: Um, because it's such an easy movie to teach, I, I feel like. I
0: didn't see this movie until a few years ago
2: amazing yeah. uh, amazing <laughs> i think i think there were multiple classes in my high school that that screened this movie um it. yeah in any event uh we're going to be watching 12 angry men so thank you guys for listening please share the show if you like it give us feedback um, if you don't um and join us next week for 12 angry men <laughs>